Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story against a terrible landlord. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Encampment Commander does not know how petty Cadet Kadri can be. Hi everyone, I've got a malicious compliance story. Context, so I'm a member of the Civil Air Patrol, an auxiliary part of the USAF, United States Air Force, and we do a lot of community service, search and rescue, and disaster response alongside FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, aerospace education, and military customs and courtesies as we are a part of USAF. Also, some terms to help y'all. 1. Cadet Cadre equals cadets who volunteer to teach the students. 2. Encampment Commander, the adult member chosen to be the person in charge of all personnel and basically is the director. 3. C slash means cadet followed by the rank they hold. So now that that's out of the way, here we go. We were having the Summer Leadership Academy, which is an encampment mandatory for achieving the rank of Cadet Second Lieutenant, and we advise new cadets to go after becoming members since it polishes them in what we teach them in regular meetings. In 2021, the first year after lockdown, my wing was able to get the local Joint Army Training Facility for the week the encampment lasted. So I went as a flight commander and that year, 2021, we were implementing tablets for the staff to upload the form tracking the progress. They were new, so they came in a box. After the last orientation session, we went to our barrack rooms and we slept. Come the next day, the first day for cadets to come went smooth. In the evening, during our reunion, we were told of a abandoned box. I didn't think anything about it since I'd had the tablet serial number written down. The number told was the models, and as I arrived in my bunk, I saw that the box was missing. Being 11.59pm and I had to be up at 6am, I decided to go to bed. Early morning arrived and I went to where the command staff had set up their office and asked for the box. Then the encampment commander rudely said to me, Cadet Second Lieutenant OP, why didn't you say anything about the box? I stood there anxious since I'm shy, and the commander asked me my unit since I assume he was going to tell my squadron commander of my mess up, which was my first. I told him, sir, I'm from region state unit number. So here came the famous words. Keep it on you at all times. I said, Roger that, sir. So for the next five days, that box came to me to the dusty field where the helicopters for our Black Hawk orientation flight landed and where we practiced drills and ceremonies. Come the last night, we had uploaded all of our cadet students' evaluations and I delivered my formerly white, now dusty red from the sand, Samsung tablet box to the same commander. No words were said to me, and to this day I haven't heard a thing from my squadron commander about that day. Honestly, that's a great malicious compliance, but also I feel like it should almost be expected. 
If you're using any kind of technology, when you're doing any kind of army-facing thing, I feel like it shouldn't be a surprise that that thing's probably going to get a little dirty, a little beat up, well used. I mean, the stuff that they should be ordering, especially tablets and computers and laptops, those things should be rather rugged. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is The New Fence. Recalling this story made my heart smile. A few years ago, I was building a new fence for a friend of mine. I had to remove the old sections that were falling apart. First, of course, and when I got to the intersection of his back fence, his side fence, and the next door neighbor's back fence, I carefully separated the neighbor's fence from his and proceeded to carry on removing the side sections that went between their two properties. My friend had told me that the side section was 100% on his property and that the previous owner, 30 plus years ago, had deliberately given the next door neighbor's property an extra foot or so to ensure that he was building on his own property without calling for and paying for a survey. The neighbor, Susan, whom I'll refer to as... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Karen, for the remainder of this story, came running outside screaming at me that I couldn't remove the side fence and that it was their property and just what do I think I'm doing. I responded back very calmly that my friend had told them well in advance that he was going to replace the fence that he was just going to build it in the same place as the old one, and asked if they were willing to split the costs, to which they declined. No biggie. Karen started screaming at me again, telling me I had no right to do that and that my friend didn't give them proper notice, and that she didn't realize that there wouldn't be anything between their two properties to contain their dog. By now, I'm about ready to lose my crap, so I knocked on my friend's back door to let him know what was going on, and that he needed to talk to Karen and that I was leaving because I didn't want to do or say anything I would regret or cause problems with the neighbors for my friend. The entire project got put on hold, pending a property survey that was going to cost $650, and that they demanded my friend pay half of, despite him telling him that the fence was definitely on his property and nothing was going to change with the new fence, and that he was fine with them continuing to have a foot or so of his property so that he didn't have to rock the boat. Fast forward to the following Monday when the surveyor comes out. Turns out the old side fence was not a little on my friend's property, but almost 10 feet onto his property. 
and the neighbors had built up raised flower beds and had done a nice brick retaining wall right up along the fence line that they had spent a lot of money just in materials for, never mind the time they put in constructing it. Needless to say, my friend came away with the biggest crap-eating grin. For the mere price of $325, he was entitled to expand his yard of more than 30 years by about 800 square feet. And Karen and her husband, who happened to be the polar opposite of his wife in personality and was super nice, spent the next week moving their garden, retaining wall, and all of the dirt that was on my friend's property so that I could build the fence on his side of the actual property line. They then hired the cheapest contractors they could find to slap up a fence on their side of the property line. They spent almost as much as my friend did on their new fence. I gave my friend the friends and family discount. Three years later, the last 20 feet or so of their fence is on the ground already because it was such a crappy job that it fell over in a moderate windstorm this past spring. My friend's fence is still standing, rock solid, and his dogs are definitely making good use of the extra 800 square feet. Now, it sucks having to fine and pay for one. In some areas, the surveyors don't want to come out for less than a crazy amount of money. But it's definitely worth it if you live in an area where your property hasn't been surveyed or hasn't been surveyed in quite some time. I'm not saying that they didn't have accurate tools decades and decades ago, but they might have slipped up in one way or another. You never know when you'll get the chance to colonize five more feet of land. Our next story is fishing whistleblowers get ignored for possible fishing. Not the more funny malicious compliance, but worth to be told anyway. I work for some years in a big financial institution. As you can guess, our servers are often under cyber attack. So the IT service regularly pushes security updates on our laptops and organizes sensibilization campaigns about Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market data security. One of their pet peeves is to send mass emails inciting employees to click on a link, then to mass mail that it was a trap to teach us about phishing. As our greatest experts have learned their job in the time of paper and pencil, it's not an unsound strategy. But by now, there is probably nobody who would still get caught doing something stupid. Yesterday, we received a message from Microsoft asking us to click on a link to access the new teamwork platform of the institution. Nobody heard about such platform, and we already have more than we need, so nobody clicked the link. Today, we received another email from IT service stating that the Microsoft message was not phishing. Seems that their training has been so efficient that the institution as a whole refused the security updates. Personally, I'm still not convinced it's not a double phishing, so I will wait some weeks to see how it goes. You never know, isn't it? Well, I don't think it's fair if IT goes out and says, that was not phishing, and then still tries to entrap you. That said, if OP wants to stick it out and show how well-trained they are, I'm sure some IT guy will let out a big sigh somewhere and show up to kind of handhold OP through it. Our next story is, we have to go to the meeting instead of a funeral? Try us. First things first, I'm not the one doing this malicious compliance, 
Second thing second, this is a repost due to my original post being removed due to uncertain fallout. I've now asked around and got some certain feedback. I'm a student of a public school district which was recently taken over by the state government. Early on into the school year, one of my classmates died. We weren't told how they died but most of us think it was self-inflicted. The funeral for the student was scheduled on the same day a mandatory meeting for teachers in the district was scheduled. My teachers got into a week-long argument with the district about whether or not they can go to the funeral. The district said this, You have to show up at the meeting. Cue malicious compliance. The teachers that were going to the funeral, I counted eight but I'm probably wrong, showed up at the meeting. My teacher said that they took one step inside, then walked back to our cars. When at the funeral, I counted eight teachers and several consultants. Consultants didn't have to go to the meeting. And now the aftermath. Good news, my teachers haven't been fired, but there is some bad news. The district is cracking down on teachers speaking out against the district. Edit, this comes from the sayings of teachers from both my school and other schools. Please take it with a grain of salt. When it comes to the family of the kid, I don't know what happened. Info about the takeover. I know someone's going to ask about this, so here's the info I have gathered on the takeover. Earlier in 2023, the TEA, Texas Education Agency, took over the Houston Independent School District. Why did they take over? One or two, sources are conflicting on the number, schools were failing. Due to a 2015 Texas law, the TEA now had the ability to take it over. To be fair, the schools that were failing would have been forced to shut down if the TEA didn't take over, so it was a bad situation either way. Gotta love when a school district has zero ounce of care or consideration. It's sad that there's places in the US where you hear a story like this come out and you go, well why am I not surprised? Our next story is, strong arming me into a viewing? Fine, but you won't get inside the apartment. I'm renting an apartment from a company whose renting agents are somehow all unprofessional, late, and kinda slow. Had a plethora of issues with them throughout 10 months, but that's a story for another time. As I've told my landlord I'll be moving out, they instructed their agents to find a new tenant for the apartment. The way it worked, the agent would email me with a proposed date and time, and I would confirm that I'll be in at that time. I've got a cat, so I insisted on being present during the viewings. The agents never had keys. I think that's because the landlord's office is at the other end of the city and they can't be bothered to drive an extra hour each time there's a viewing to pick the keys up and then drop them off, so they relied on me to let them in each time. Apart from a couple of unannounced show-ups, followed by passive-aggressive emails about the messy property, all was well until a week ago, the agent emails me that they've got a viewing on the 13th. I respond saying I've got work that day and won't be able to do the 13th. She simply replies, If you won't be able to accommodate this request, I'll ask the landlord for a 24-hour notice of entry, which is legally enforceable. Okay, do that. The day comes, I get a call. We're downstairs. I say congratulations, but I'm not home. I hope you brought keys this time. Man, I wish I could see her face then. We went back and forth a bit. She tried to threaten me with legal action, to which I just replied that I don't object to them entering. They're unable to enter through their own negligence and I have nothing to do with it. Naturally, got an email from the landlord asking me to be more cooperative next time, which was promptly ignored. Oh, I love getting that email saying, hey, could you please be more cooperative? 
like as if OP has any skin in the game of trying to get them a next tenant. Oh sure, I'll be more cooperative. I'll pick up the phone slightly earlier next time to tell them that I'm still not home. Our next story is, you want me to go out? As you wish. Okay, this is a small act compared to so many others, but it holds a special place in my heart. As it was the first time I dared to maliciously comply with an order, I think I discussed it in a comment long ago, but here it goes. It was during fourth grade, and the whole classroom had been misbehaving. Cannot remember why for the life of me, but our math teacher was ticked. A common punishment in our school, when the entire class was wrong, was to take away our recess. And it was heavily implied that this was our fate this day. Forty students all remained, sitting in our chairs. No books, no games, no food, no talking, while everyone else outside could be heard enjoying their recess hour. To be fair, he was a decent teacher and the class generally liked him, but apparently he was ticked enough that he wanted to twist the knife a bit further. He sat at his desk and looked at us angrily while we listened to the sounds of the other students. Then he said to us, Well, does anyone want to leave? Anyone that wants to leave, go ahead. No one moved. We were not meant to. And I sat by the window, looking at everyone else playing, eating, talking, and with my legs shaking, not looking at the teacher at all, I stood up and left the room without comment. I went to buy my lunch, and a minute later, I saw student after student leaving the classroom as well. Next day, the teacher looked at me a bit resentfully but said nothing. I never got into trouble. I would have had the testimony of 40 kids who all heard the teacher say to get out. You know, having been young and growing up in classes in second, third grade or whatnot, who rarely, if ever, went to recess, I think withholding recess has to be only for, like, severe stuff. If anything, just because the kids get to socialize a bit more, and they actually get the only bit of exercise pretty much all day, and a lot of these kids, they go home and there's no real exercise to be had. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.